Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast. We are so happy to be back and in our seats doing the thing that we love the most, which is interviewing just really amazing women and talking about things that are important to us. I'm Alexa Big Wharf. And I'm Nancy Caviones. <laughs> and we are your hosts of what we just believe is the best co- podcast in the entire world. So, lose the case, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're not biased. We're not biased. <laughs> no bias. Uh, today, we're interviewing a friend of ours, actually. And when I say friend, I don't just mean like a creepy friend on the internet. And I'm just joking because I have a lot of really good internet friends. Um, <laughs> but uh, I have actually slept in a bed right next to her bed at a conference <laughs> So we are like, you know, true, true friends, <laughs> besides internet friends. Um, Emily D. Baker is a legal consultant for purposeful female entrepreneurs who empowers her clients to actually understand the advice she gives them instead of leaving them more confused than when they started, which happens a lot. Um, she helps entrepreneurs to have common sense documents that will both protect their business and make total sense to everyone involved. Before I continue, we are talking with a lawyer today because we're going to get into the topic of MLMs, multi-level marketing. And I want to caveat with saying, this is not a slam session on MLMs or anyone who participates in them. That would be stupid for me to do because I have been in almost every MLM ever created. And um, I, I like them as a concept. But as we're going to talk about, there are some things that you should be aware of when you're part of a business like this. So as I continue here, um, unlike perhaps every other lawyer, Emily charges an on, pro- a, <laughs> on a project-based model, not by the hour or by the email, so that her clients can count on exactly getting exactly what they need without developing a weirdly codependent relationship with their legal consultant. Hashtag just saying. Emily's also very open and um, says it like it is very blunt. So she used to be a district attorney in LA. That could be where the bluntness uh, came from. But she decided to leave that behind and pursue her own uh, glittery badassery, (laughs) which is the best phrase ever. She she loves to work with female entrepreneurs. She loves coffee, DMX, and Pokemon, and Instagram stories, <laughs> Instagram everything, really. Thank you so much for being with us to show us that not all lawyers are assholes, as she says. In her- <laughs> <laughs> off with that like why do women feel like assholes when they decide to speak up in their business right exactly emily's a lawyer that's not a dick and (laughs) or have one and and i'm not gonna call your business cute Uh, i'll call you cute i'll tell you your eyebrows are snatched but i am not gonna call your business cute because i do not devalue what you do you can look fabulous be a mom, have vomit on your shirt and still be a CEO. Like that is the world that I run in. So that's great. You know, I'm so glad to see you. I hate that um, our lives are so busy these days that we literally have to schedule interviews with each other to uh, have some (laughs) FaceTime, but whatever (laughs) it takes, whatever it takes, right? I'm cool with it because (laughs) it will be, you guys are just uh, for the wonderful podcast audience here at Lose the Cape, you guys are just going to hop into a coffee chat with friends right. and um, and less cursing than if we were drinking. So just that's what's Maybe. happening. Maybe we'll see how On a minimum, because this topic really does piss me off. And, yeah. and, you know, I've been in MLMs too, and I buy 
so much from MLMs. I'm like, I will come to your party. I will support you. But I always tell people, look, I'm a consultant with products that I love. Um, and MLM was my first step into being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like yeah. it was my first little, Me too. Hey, maybe I could try this out. And that group of women and mostly women, though it's growing into men as well, but in the ML, I'm in an MLM that is like skincare, nutrition line, like it's mostly women. And it was really fun to see women dreaming about their lives because when you're at the district attorney's office, you're dreaming about like somebody getting murdered in a really awesome way on video so that you can have this amazing trial that may or may not end up in the newspaper. Like your priorities get skewed, I guess. Is uh. <laughs> and when you're, pri so jumping into the MLM with a, f a group of other lawyers just gave me an outlet for community and fun outside of the district attorney's office mm -hmm. um, and people talking about other things and doing other things and mostly moms right. and people not in an MLM necessarily to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a week or a month, though there are those people in MLM, but people really, you know, I need to stay at home because I can't afford childcare because California is stupid. Uh -huh. And I really would like to take my family on vacation. Right. I'd like to have some time for me. So me going out to make some money or hosting a party about skincare or facials, I get to talk about something I'm passionate about. I get to provide value to others. I get to connect. I get to be out of the house and make some money, even if it's just to support the habit of buying stuff from your own MLM. Like I support that too. If that is what you're making money to do, it's just to buy stuff that you love. <laughs> I love that. So it was a really broad range of women in a broad range of different financial circumstances. And the one thing about MLMs I will always say is if you can't lose that investment, it's like any other business investment, it's not the right time for you. Right. Yeah. So if and, you're jumping into an MLM that's like, you need to pop down $6,000, you need to know that that's a business investment that's at risk. Right. Sorry, Nancy, I totally stepped on you. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, I'm just going to just disclose that I am definitely an MLM skeptic. Like, I... <laughs> You know, I just have been like seeing too much shady stuff and I've been pitched too many times by people I know. And I like, for some reason, just like never feel good about spending the money. I always end up regretting it. So I just like have now at this point, I'm just like no MLM like ever. I mean, I maybe I'll buy stuff or whatever, but I'm not joining anything. I'm not funding any money, like nothing. Yeah. I just, you know. I, I think that's perfect because yeah. it gives us a really well-rounded um, mm -hmm. aspect for this conversation. Because there are people who, if you say, hey, hey, Emily, what foundation are you wearing? I'm like, actually, mm -hmm. it's from my MLM and it's vegan and gluten-free and it's, you know, it's this and that. And I really want to eat your makeup. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what, I'm though? just kidding. Um, I know it gets I know. in that way. <laughs> but it gets into your, if you're really, my friends who are celiac, um, uh, if yeah, there's you cannot, in their skincare yes. products, yes. it really upsets them. So I know. I used to sell nail care and I always thought it was hilarious that, that they made the disclaimer that it was gluten-free. But then I thought about it more and I was like, if you bite your nails. Yeah. You don't, you know, it's, you know, and you, and you act, you accidentally consume those nail products, biting it and you're celiac. It is a big deal. And it absorbs into your skin, even through exactly. your nail beds. And exactly. so I was, the reason I came to this is because I was struggling with severe adrenal fatigue. And for anyone out there that's had um, adrenal disruption, um, hormonal issues, you feel like you're fucking dying. 
all yeah. the time. Yeah. And I, I felt like I was dying. Like I was always sick. I got hand, foot, and mouth from my kid's daycare. Like what oh adult gosh. actually gets hand, foot, and mouth themselves, right? I was, I <laughs> Not was- Not very many. <laughs> no, I was sick all the time. And so I started doing my own research because my doctor's like, take some antibiotics, take some antibiotics. And I'm like, I'm literally here every three weeks. And I was looking at my files. Doctor never take women seriously. And I had a female doctor. I felt betrayed. I had a female doctor. And I'm like, I need you to fix me. Like, don't just tell me, oh, I'm just tired because I have kids. Like, I'm so tired. This is, I feel like I'm dying. Right. Like, you're missing it. I have leukemia. Or they tell you to lose weight. Yes. Because that will solve all your problems, too. There's always that. You know what, though? I'm sorry. This is totally a segue, and we will bring it back on topic here. But I have a doctor that will not ever tell me to lose weight. And I'm, like, trying to challenge her. I'm like, I need to lose weight. (laughs) And she'll never tell me. And I'm like, I need you to tell me that I need to lose weight. Seriously. Anyway. Reeling us back into the topic. You're like, come on, woman. But yeah. I was, this is why I started looking for products that had less chemicals in them and came across the products in the MLM. And then if you join and the joining fee is like 80 bucks and you yeah. get 30% off. And I'm like, girl, yeah. I love a deal. And then my skin started looking good and people <laughs> wanted to buy it. And I'm like, all right, I'll do this. Um, but finding another group, another tribe that had a different language and a different yeah. way of looking at life was really essential to starting to shift out of like, hardcore I'll punch you in the face lawyer mode to maybe I want my life to look a little different and I'm measuring success by the wrong metrics right and at work when you have adrenal fatigue everybody's like I have adrenal fatigue it's pretty rare like severe (laughs) adrenal fatigue is fairly rare in the general population it was literally like one out of three at the DA's office wow and it's because people are we are overstressed yeah, you know, under rested, not eating well, and never pause to take care of ourselves. And especially women after kids, your hormones are just screwed anyway. And yeah. it takes more than just six weeks to recover or eight weeks to recover. Your hormones can take two to three years to recover. Holy and when you throw us stress- about that in her book, um, one of the guests that we had a few weeks ago, she wrote a book called Journey Back to Health, and she talked about adrenal fatigue. Yeah, um, and how was I connected to diet and stress and sleep and all of that stuff? I can tell you what my stress was like. It was my stress was a million because when you when you become a district attorney, you you most of us don't do it to be in the newspaper to be on TV, and we never want that career path. It's like just let me do my job, but you want to stand up for the victims and. Yeah. The stories of the women I worked with, most of us had other women in our lives that had been victims in some way, and we always felt like we wanted to give them a voice, or we had been victims ourselves. So we wanted to give our victims a voice, and a lot of the time our victims are women, um, and you want to give them a voice, and you take that really seriously. And for people who need closure, having a jury tell them that they don't believe them is not closure for them. It's just society, again, saying... I don't believe that this happened to you. So you want your victims to be believed and you take on that ownership. And it's not always the healthiest way to be, but you take on ownership of their emotional well-being, or at least I did. And and you want to give them a voice. And so you don't take care of yourself. So my stress was a million. My diet when I was in trial was literally like Coke, Cheetos, and coffee and Butterfingers. It was disgusting. Like disgusting, but you lose so much weight in trial because you eat like one soda a day, one pack of chips a day, a couple Butterfingers in the afternoon, coffee, water, no sleep, 
And so there are people who have closets. This is totally a tangent, but you have a closet for like when you start trial and then like smaller pants as it goes, because you will lose weight <laughs> as the longer that you're in trial. So I knew well, that's one. <laughs> it's, and then, but then it goes back is the problem. It goes back afterwards and just back and forth. Anyway. Um, so that's how I found my MLM. And I've always been fascinated by MLMs. I love all the different types of people in MLMs. I love the different types of companies and I've purchased oils, hair care, nutrition care, lipstick that never comes off, um, <laughs> leggings, right. which we're going to get to. Oh, like, right. I bought all that, the right? <laughs> we're going to get into leggings. And that's really what we wanted to talk to today. And Nancy, you reached out to me after reading, I think, my blog post to talk about oh, this topic. Yeah, the live that you did on Instagram. And yes. I was like, this is, like, we need to talk about this just because I feel like no matter what the MLM is, if there's any kind of shadiness going on, women are disproportionately affected. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, you know, and especially in the case of Lulu Lolo, I mean, it was just so shady what happened. And I feel bad for all those women because I feel like a lot of them were just desperate. Like they lost so okay. much money. <laughs> Let's pause because we are assuming that everybody in our audience knows what happened. Oh, we're going to uh, get there. Yeah. So yeah. let's, let's, let's pause that for just a second. So I, I think, you know, one of the, one of the things is that, like you said, there's so many people that are there for different reasons. I mean, for me, my first um, MLM was Pampered Chef and I was separating from the Air Force. So I was leaving this career. Um, I had a newborn. I, my, the plan was for me to stay at home while my husband went to work and I would take care of our son. And I felt absolutely lost and needed something for me. And a friend of mine had just retired from the Air Force and she'd started selling Pampered Chef and I loved Pampered Chef. I'd been to a lot of parties. I had a lot of products. I loved to cook. I was like- I had some Pampered Chef. I had Pampered Chef too. This is a a perfect fit for me. Um, What I didn't realize was- how how much work it actually is and and the dream you know you have to know if you if you go into it dreaming of this huge life of pink cadillacs or you know whatever the big promise is at the end of the rainbow White Mercedes and right right conditions. right that it's a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of work to get there and um oftentimes a lot of cutthroat things happen in there but I mean, there's a lot of women doing it for a lot of reasons. Later on in life, it was so that, I mean, a few years later when I had three kids, it was so that I could afford to go on the playdates to Chick-fil-A because geez Louise, it cost me like a week's salary to feed three kids and myself at Chick-fil-A. You know, it's like, for crying out loud, how, why do chicken nuggets cost so much? But anyway, you know, so we all have our they different reasons. put magic in the chicken nuggets. Right. So you <laughs> charge you for the magic that goes in there. Right. So there's lots of different reasons and it's definitely not a bad thing if you know what you're doing. But I just, I agree with you so much that it's kind of like going to a casino. If you can't afford to lose the money that you're putting in, then that's, you should go get a part-time job someplace that it's going to be a, a guaranteed you know, because like any business, you do have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in the products. You have to invest in learning business techniques. You have to invest in um, business tools if you're going to do it like a business. Yeah. But what we specifically wanted to talk to you today about was LuLaRoe. And it just I am actually wearing a LuLaRoe shirt right now. I mean, I'm so sad about this situation because my two favorite leggings and my two favorite shirts in the entire world are my LuLaRoe and I will never stop wearing them because they're comfortable and I already bought them. I don't buy anymore. 
but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I do too. I have every time I go to Disney, I have like a set of Lularoe Disney collab leggings, and I was the person stalking out different Facebook group to see who had what leggings uh-huh. and. The way Lularoe was set up from the beginning challenged me. And I had um, a few years ago, a friend that was looking at joining and everything she would say to me, I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because in different companies, and, and I haven't even said the name of the company I'm with, I'm with Arbonne um, because I love the products. But when you start up with Arbonne, it's literally like an $80 investment and you get training materials and then you get discounts to buy product. But there's no expectation that you have to. LuLaRoe started at almost a $6,000 investment for most people. And when it was booming, like when LuLaRoe was like frenzied, hitting big, there was almost a three-month onboarding period. So you would pay and then you wouldn't get product for almost three months. And that, like when you start a business online, you can pay, you know, your 20 bucks to get your URL, your website, Acuity up and running and like Stripe. And start making money if if you're in by the end of the day. <laughs> right? if you- I mean, you can you can set that up really quickly. So this three month onboarding period really unnerved me because people talk about um, MLMs being pyramid schemes, and a lot of them aren't. But when there are pyramid schemes, like a legally defined Bernie Madoff illegal. There, the money is moving up the chain and the money from the people coming in is supporting the money at the, t- the people that are getting, you know, at the top are getting. So um, it's really like money laundering in, you know, the money from the bottom goes up to the top and then it just keeps circulating that way where there's nothing else really involved in a pyramid scheme. And with LuLaRoe, the fact that there was this three-month onboarding really felt to me like, okay, is the money from the consultants coming in what's paying out at the top end? Or is the profit from the leggings right. what's paying people out? And I wasn't sure. And it was, if, and so at the beginning, that felt icky to me. Um, they would, the way that they distributed product, and if you're not familiar with LuLaRoe, like, I don't know where you've been, but God bless you. Um, <laughs> For the distributors, they just get a box of stuff. Right. And they don't know what's in it. They get a giant mixed bag box of crap, and then they have to sell it. And the thing that really fried me as I started jumping into this lawsuit is I realized how much in their corporate training was, if you can't move the product, there's something wrong with you. Mm. And it was shaming people. And, And what we know about women and what I know about women is that when you start to put doubt in their minds, a lot of us will doubt ourselves. I, no matter how confident we are, if, if you're like, you know, even sometimes my husband's like, did you feed the cat? And I'm like, shit, did I feed the cat? I don't know. I think I did. Like, I'm just not, now I'm not sure. Why am I unsure about this? Like, damn it. And, and I really feel like the, the, the CEO of this company was banking on that Mm. and, and praying on that, that women aren't going to stand up and be like, no, you send us a mixed box of crap and some of it's really ugly and it's not our fault that we can't sell it. And you're sending me a bunch of teeny tiny leggings when my target audience and I am plus sized. Right. So uh, people who resonate with me need 
plus sized. I don't need you to send me all the extra, extra smalls because that's not my audience. Right. And then LuLaRoe started shutting down um, people trading. They shut down their return program, which was a huge red flag for me where they wouldn't let consultants return merchandise and go out of business. And then they started going after their own consultants because when consultants were going out of business, they would have these huge going out of business sales. And I'm sure you saw these on Facebook all the time as these groups are closing. Like, Like six months ago, it was huge. LuLaRoe started suing them. Oh my God. And saying you can't price cut because there are consultants still in business. So if you've got a consultant selling off all of her leggings on Poshmark for $5 a legging, and you've got a consultant trying to run her business at above cost with a profit margin selling the leggings for what, 20 bucks a legging? Right. right. You've got now distributors undercutting each other. So there was an amount of price fixing starting to happen. And all of that was starting to happen as the lawsuits were starting to come in. So the stage is kind of set. And for anyone interested in MLMs, know the history of the MLM, know how you're getting product, know how product is going to distributors, and know if there are actual customers or if this whole company is built on distributor purchases. Right. And if the whole company is built on this kind of retail model with distributor purchases, it might not be the right company. If you find a company that drop ships products, you know, companies like Pampered Chef, there are customers who want that product mm-hmm. and yeah. will buy it. Yes, it lasts forever, but there are customers who are like, I love my Pampered Chef knives. Mm-hmm. You can find consumers. Um, same with Arbonne. You find people who love the skincare, they're going to order the skincare and it ships directly from the company to the person i you become essentially the salesperson or the distributor and you get a commission based on sales the same way if you worked at macy's at the laura mercier counter you get a commission based on sales yeah lularo made you retail your own clothes so now you're responsible for taxes shipping so you had to buy the product store the product yeah you were encouraged to set up a lularo room and do all this yeah. social media live and be live for like three plus hours at a time holy crap and do these live sales and then ship it all. It was a tremendous amount of work, a tremendous amount of storage. And at the end of the day, as this company is going down um, in flames, in my opinion, you've got a lot of distributors left with a lot of product that are under threat of being sued if they discount it to get rid of it, which is horse crap. Nuts. I mean, that that kind of explains actually the first time I saw Lulu Lobo leggings like in person where I could actually touch them and see what they feel like. Was like actually at a little store in Connecticut, somebody was like selling them, like yeah. in the yeah, store. Yeah. And I remember being like, wait, they sell this in stores now? Like, makes sense. This person was probably trying to get rid of all their inventory. I mean, it's insane. And then when you read the stories about this guy, the head of the company, he just. He's this guy's a mess. <laughs> This guy's a total jackass. So the CEO, the founder of LuLaRoe and her husband, CEO, um, built this company. This company has over a billion dollars in lawsuits that are currently pending. And there is a lawsuit by distributors calling it a price-fixing pyramid scheme, which probably won't go very far because the legal standard for pyramid scheme is fairly low um, due to some lawsuits against Avon uh, way back in the day. But there are um, other lawsuits, but the one that I think will stick is the one that's going on right now in California that is the 
supplier and it seems like a supplier that warehoused other suppliers so they were the person that they would you would go to this main supplier and they would find the people to make the leggings and they are 48 million almost all of that's actual damages so receipts that haven't been paid the supplier sent the leggings to LuLaRoe and LuLaRoe didn't pay oh so they, this they, is they didn't pay their bills baby. they didn't pay their bills they didn't pay their bills and they're did, still did recruiting. Did anybody make money? Did anybody make money? From yeah, the CEO people? made money. The CEO is making a butt ton of money. Did any consultant make money? Yes. I know consultants that have made money on yes. LuLaRoe. And yes. if you are good at moving these leggings, then you, you can make money. I mean, you were selling, you were essentially starting your own clothing shop. Right. And the margins in retail are challenging. So yes, people who did this well made money. Whether people are still making money now, I don't know because the quality of the leggings has gone down and that's one of the lawsuits was a consumer suit saying that the quality of the leggings has gone down and now we know why because they stopped paying their main supplier and started offloading to a different supplier. So the leggings were having huge issues with after one wear, they would rip like toilet paper in the back. Yes. And I've had that happen to me. me. I just had a pair on the other day and I was wearing them and I was sitting at my computer. I don't I work from home. So, you know, I'm whatever going around and walk into the house and I'm like, I feel a breeze (laughs) on my ass. What is happening? And I reached down and there was a hole all the way across the back. And these were a pair that I got several years after my first two pairs, which I've been wearing for years and have no problem. And this one, the first time I wore them. And then I noticed there were little holes all over the place. I was like, thank God I'm wearing a long shirt. And if, cause I had left the house at some point, I don't know how many holes I had in my pants that day. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's <laughs> and I, I can see where this is coming from as LuLaRoe corporate is cutting costs. But as LuLaRoe corporate is cutting costs, the suppliers now it's hard enough to overcome in an MLM. People are like, Why do I need your essential oil? I don't want to buy that from you. I'll just right. go to the drugstore and pick right. up this other crap. Right. Um people are already in inherently skeptical of MLMs, even though a lot of MLMs have great product once again, which is fine, Nancy. Once again, I've got a pair of knives from Pampered Chef that I've had for like almost 20 years and they're great. Um, But now that it's out there that these LuLaRoe's are ripping and that the quality has gone down, you've got marketers left trying to sell product mm-hmm. that consumers are inherently skeptical of. Right. So under the FTC, how it's, how do you even legally sell this and make representation that these are the greatest leggings you'll ever buy? Because now you're getting into whether the distributors are making false advertising claims. And though the FTC doesn't crack down on MLMs hard, I think that's coming because there's a lot of false claims. You can't tell me that your essential oils are going to cure cancer. Like you might believe that, but you're not allowed to market that way because there's rules about the way you're allowed to market things. Right. And MLM distributors, and Nancy, this is probably where you're left with that icky feeling. MLM distributors don't understand the rules of marketing. Like the way that Coca-Cola and Pepsi and, you know, Apple computers are allowed to market are the same ways that any distributor at any MLM are allowed to market, but they don't know those rules. Right. So I mean- I have, you know, I mean, I have, you know, friends who, you know, I have a friend that's a young living consultant. Um, I have friends that, um, well, Alexa does beauty counter. I have other friends that do beauty counter and stuff. I mean, I buy beauty counter stuff. I like it and I like essential oils, but I just, 
I don't know. I I think just my past experiences are always gonna like stay with me. You know, I'm happy to like support my friends or whatever, but I also don't like being pitched to. I don't like being sold to and Yeah. Well you know, and there's especially there's... when I like especially with the essential oils and stuff. We looked into becoming young living consultants, but then we were looking at like their starter package, which like comes with like the diffuser and all the oils and stuff like that. And it's like $160. And my husband is like, you know, we could get that same diffuser or a perfectly good diffuser at Whole Foods on Amazon for 20 bucks. Like, it's about the quality of the oils, Nancy. Uh, but you can get good oil <laughs> and Whole Foods. Like, I just, you know, and I like. Well, th- therein lies the rub. Like, but it's more than just if you really understand, like, you're also purchasing a business. Right. So, and a lot of people don't understand that. So you get business yeah. materials, you get a lot of samples and all these kinds of things. Um, so it's, it's more than just the diffuser and it's more than just the oils that you receive. It is. But, You're buying into a franchise. And if you yeah. were going to buy a McDonald's franchise, it would not be a hundred $400,000 that the MLM, a good MLM with a good pricing structure and a solid history can help you get basically a business in a box with built-in support up and running in days. And I I will tell you that my experience with, let's see, I started with Pampered Chef, then I added on Usborne because I love the children's books and I had little children, never intended to make money with that, just wanted the books cheaper. Um, Discount, consultant for the discount. (laughs) Right. Um, I did some kind of scrapbooking stuff for a little while because one of my friends was selling it and I'm always the type of, uh, I could buy the kit and get all this stuff for this discounted price. So that's what I do. So I didn't actually actively sell all of these things, but I bought the kits and was technically a consultant until my time ran up because I hadn't sold anything, right? Um, <laughs> then I did Jamberry and I came into Jamberry for like legit, like um, I-, I was gonna do uh, fundraisers and I did. I did a lot of good fundraisers for my March for Babies teams because I could create my own wraps and do all kinds of fun stuff. I loved doing the wraps, you know, it was, it was, but I don't, I didn't love the parties and all of that kind of stuff. Jamberry had a hot minute there where it was everything. Everything. Jamberry has gone through a big giant mess where they have been sold and bought and sold and bought a couple Mm -hmm. times now. And I'm glad that I'm, I'm not in that mess, but that's, it was a new company that blew up really, really fast. Yep. And then had issues from that. And I still love the product. I still have a whole bin of it that I use and give as gifts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, I will say that the experience that I had in all of those MLMs, getting in front of people, speaking about a product, learning about a product, learning how to sell and market it, like it gave me a tremendous leg up when I started this business, you know, when I started my write, publish, sell business and all of that stuff, I was also very used to getting no's, which helps a lot. Like for women, <laughs> yes. talk about like how, you know, what this impacts the business. Like I was very used to getting no's and um, it's a big difference. Like for women, like we, we take everything so personally. I think yeah. the one thing that I really envy about men is how easily they can just go on. Like, okay, you said no, next person you know, or this does not impact me personally. I don't give a crap if you buy my nails or not. Right. I'm going to go find somebody who will. Whereas I'm like, oh my gosh, my friend won't even try that. What is wrong with me? Right, because it sparks off our insecurity that like, oh my God, am I doing the wrong thing? Am I doing the right thing? We're very much more social creatures. 
Um, and we like that social validation. And when people say no, it, it kind of knocks at that social validation for a while. Right. Um, I always, I always take no as you don't understand yet because what I'm <laughs> telling you, these are great and this, maybe you're not ready, but, um, and I, what I didn't like about what I saw in the LuLaRoe lawsuits is that the CEO was feeding on that yeah. and was berating the women right. that it was them and that they were wrong and they weren't doing it well enough. And it wasn't that the quality of the products gone down and that there are like hate groups on Facebook and <laughs> like dedicated hate groups to LuLaRoe. Um, and what was that thing that he said? The CEO said something really bad. I can't yeah, I'm going to pull up the quote. Um, it, it, here's the thing. When this lawsuit came down, um, when this, you know, $48 million lawsuit came down, the lawyers that pled the lawsuit put in all of the facts. So this is like the dishiest, like T <laughs> to a T lawsuit because it has all of the dirt in it. And now there's a whole bunch what I've been going through because I'm going to do a part two to this. Um, there's a whole bunch more declarations that have come into court because the supplier who hasn't been paid was trying to get a hold on the accounts for the CEO so he couldn't spend all the money because the CEO did say, I'm not paying my bills. You can take me to court. I'm going to hop on my jet with my $300 million and go to the Bahamas and you can all fuck off. <gasps> that's, that's the quote in the lawsuit. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yep. The balls on that said, man. The balls. The balls. Oh, and right, then. He said that under, like he knew that he was being. He was, didn't know. No, this is what it's alleged in the lawsuit that he has said. However, there are multiple declarations of other people who have done business with this guy, Mark Steedham, saying that he has said similar things. Wow. The exact quote from the lawsuit is, look, guys, I'm not going to pay you guys a fucking dime unless a judge orders me to pay it. And Deanne, the founder, and I will take our two to three hundred million dollars to the Bahamas and fuck everything. So that is direct quote from the lawsuit Ooh. from the supplier that he said this to when they called to say, hey, man, uh, you kind of owe us like thirty five million dollars. Could you maybe pay, pay that? <laughs> that would be super helpful um so they put in pictures of his multi his cars that are like two million dollars and pictures of him with his cars and his jet and his plane and they were trying to get the court to lock down the assets of LuLaRoe so that they wouldn't be left holding it but he in this he also berates um in other reportings of this there are women from the company talking about being at and on trainings where he said it's you guys like, it's not the product. It's you guys. You're stale. Your clients are stale. Find new people. Like, it's you. You're not doing it. Alexa's face. I wish you guys, I wish our audience could see Alexa's face right now. We'll put this is one that. on YouTube. We will put this one on YouTube. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. The retailer, the retailer who was talking about this said um, that his comment was, calling them stale, their customers are stale. And she said it made her feel like he thinks he's superior to anyone who goes against him and particularly women. And that she felt his comments on weekly calls were threatening. So that you know it what? was, you guys get out there and do better. You guys get out there and sell. Right, right. After this lawsuit <laughs> dropped, um, they made all their socials private. The CEO and the founder made their socials private. And we're talking about like a couple hundred thousand followers on Instagram. And all of a sudden these accounts are private because um, 
there were people like me who were lurking all of a sudden, but they're still selling it. They're still taking on new retailers. They're still inducing people. Their website still says, you know, come find a new life, life balance. And has pictures of moms with kids and they are selling something that they, their company cannot support right now in good faith. And I think it's just, it's That's so gross. to me. I mean, when I joined Jamberry, I had hosted a party. So I got a 50% off kit credit because I had enough sales in my party. Right. So I spent $50 and I got all my business materials. I got a bunch of wraps. I got my little mini heater. I got all the things that I needed to start my business. In theory, I did not ever have to spend another dime on Jamberry products right? I, obviously I did because I loved them and I wanted to try new things, but the, we, we were offered the opportunity to earn them through incentives and all kinds of things. Like they would send out free samples. They sent me free wraps on my birthday. Like I'd never had to invest more into it. So I could keep it at a very small rate if I wanted to. I spent a crap ton of money on Jamberry because I loved it, but you know, not because I had to, to grow my business. Um, but at the end of the day, like if I wanted to take that entire bin right now of stuff, and I truly have an entire like massive, bin, <laughs> I don't doubt it because I loved it so much um, and still do and still do. And, and every once in a while, my daughter will be like, let's do our nails. We haven't done Jamberry in a long time. And that's fun. But I could go sell that entire bin for $25 if I wanted to. And no one's going to come chase after me. I could sell one wrap at retail price and add on seven more for free as a bonus. And there, you know, and so the fact that uh, it, this really makes me upset because I have a friend here locally who was a LuLaRoe consultant. And I remember when she launched her business and, t- and telling me that she had spent $6,000 to invest. I just the number. It's like $6,000. Like I can't. And to know that if she had decided this is really hard work and all of my friends that I know have already bought every piece of LuLaRoe that they want. And now you're telling me I can't go discount this and just get rid of it so that I can at least recuperate some of that money. Right. That just, that's, that's, that just hurts. I mean, it just, it's sickening. So one of the, one of the lawsuits that's pending is over the return policy because LuLaRoe used to take back at cost Mm -hmm. um, because they would take it back and then resell it. And then they changed their refund policy to be, we will only take back things in the original packaging, but the company trains you to Open take it, it out and display out. it. Yes, she had a to whole. Take it out and display it. She had two yep. rooms in her house. She would have yep. parties every racks and well, racks and racks. And she'd say, "Come on in and look at all of this stuff. Shop. It'd be a big event. We'd have wine. We'd yes. shop. We'd do this. You know. And yeah. So in the you're original, taught to set it up like a clothing store. And the right. thing is, when you open a clothing store, yes, you have to buy your inventory, but you get to choose it. Right. With LuLaRoe, right. you don't get to choose your inventory. You don't get to choose your patterns, your sizing. You can hope for what you might get, but you don't get to pick it. And I really, this is not based on um, a lawsuit or evidence. This is based on my own observations and talking to a few people I know in LuLaRoe. It very much felt like there were favorites in the company that would get better stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Can you imagine? (sighs) And And then if you ever brought it up to your upline, I imagine what they would say is, we'll do better, sell more, right? 
Right. Not, oh, you, I, I agree with you. That is wrong. It would be keep selling, keep selling, keep yeah, selling, keep selling. That's the other thing. If we were ever struggling with selling products, we got training programs. We got in the company provided such great incentives that made it so easy for us to sell the product. Hey, we're running a buy three, get two free this month kind of thing. You know, the, the fact that they would come out and say, you're the problem, not the fact that people are getting holes in the butts of their pants. And, and that and there is, ugly. oh my God, that's like, there's that's like the same, same attitude as that guy from, um, what's his face who said that fat people shouldn't wear his leggings. And that's why they were like, oh, Lululemon. That's why the quality, you know, it's like the same attitude. Like, the, atti- you know? the attitude is it's not me. It's not our product. We're perfect. You're wrong. And that's, you know, it, a lot of MLMs are very empowering to women. Mm-hmm. This is not that. Not a bit. Not at all. And and the way that corporate has behaved, um, what you're on average seeing from the articles of retailers who have left is that the average is six thousand to twenty thousand dollars in inventory that they cannot move and oh cannot. Return. Oh my gosh, that hurts my heart. Because most of the women that I know who did LuLaRoe are just like me. They are yes. stay-at-home stay moms when they launch the businesses. They they may or may not have had six thousand spare dollars. Their husband might have said, "I believe in you because you've convinced me that this is a good thing to do. We'll put it on our credit card." And. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that does, that is, that's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. It, what, what hurts, what, and what you need to look for, if you are in an MLM or you're thinking about an MLM, I'm not telling you no, unless it's LuLaRoe and I will tell you no. Right. Um, because I don't see how this company gets out of this amount of lawsuits. There's 17 right now. I don't see how they get out of this without bankruptcy. And I really am waiting for the CEO to literally do what he said and get on the plane to the Bahamas and just (laughs) fuck off. Like I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm actually shocked it hasn't happened yet. But if you are doing an MLM and when you have problems or run into hurdles and the answer is buy more, it's a problem. Right, right, right. And that might be a problem with your upline. It might be a problem with the company culture, but that's a problem. The answer shouldn't be you, retailer, reseller, distributor, consultant. You just need to buy more. And that was always the answer in LuLaRoe when people approached problems. It's buy more, buy more inventory. Uh Buy more, you need to buy more inventory. That's not the answer. Right. If your business is going down and you can't make money, investing more money into a MLM might not be the right choice. Right. right. <laughs> and it's hard when everybody around you is doing it because you, you can get caught up yes. in that um, yeah. I can't let this fail. And there was a woman interviewed on a podcast that's about MLMs saying, you know, I was, once I was in, like I got in deeper than my husband thought I was in financially. And it's, it's like gambling. Mm-hmm. You just keep putting money down, hoping mm-hmm. to get it back. Mm-hmm. And that is not what you do in business. But when you're in an MLM, you can't really shift your business, especially when there's lawsuits regarding the quality of the product that you're supposed to be selling. You can't pivot that. Right. When you run your own business, like we do, you can pivot. Right. You can sell different products. You can advertise a different way. You can change your pricing. With LuLaRoe, the consultants are stuck. And it's disproportionately women and it's disproportionately moms. And if you go to their website and you look at the way they advertise being a distributor, it's pictures of women with their kids living their best life. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And that's the dream that they're selling. Still. I feel like, you know, this was like a case where they were definitely like preying on a certain profile of a woman. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and a woman with friends. Right, right. How many of you had, I mean, I had probably six or seven friends that were selling LuLaRoe. Yeah, and those are just my close circle. Like their Facebook sales and yeah. like all yeah. of this stuff. I'm like, get me out of this group. I'm How like, many Facebook groups did you get like forced added to? Oh, when yes. This was yes. Like, like a lot. I can't that just on MLM. That was a thing that a lot of companies were pushing for a while. And, um, and you know, I was guilty of it for about two seconds until I realized what was happening. And then it was like, no, I need you to, I need you to say you want to be in this group before I just yes. ask. <laughs> and once you're in, it's free game. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And now Facebook has actually started taking action. I mean, if you guys have probably seen in the last week and a half or so, Facebook has changed. Yeah, they changed the rules. And if you're not active, if you're not actively posting, they will remove people from groups because of the forced ad is such a problem. I still get forced added to things. And I'm like, y'all don't play with me. If I want to be in your group, I will be there. I will support you. I always like click that thing that says, do not let let them re-add me to the group. Yes, yes, yes. That happened to me a couple of times. I'm like, doggone it. I was out of here before. (laughs) Um, Just for anybody that listening that like doesn't know what Facebook did is that they basically looked at all the people that had not accepted your invites. Oh, interesting. Removed them. They removed inactive group members too. People who were in the group who oh, were really? not active. Because I had this problem in one of my groups. Um, I run a pretty large Facebook group for Pokemon Go. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> um, in my local I love area. You so much. <laughs> and uh, look, I uh, we were having Pokemon Go issues in my area where women in the Pokemon Go groups were being harassed. Oh and God. I was literally getting people sending me dick pics on Facebook Messenger from these Pokemon groups. And a lot of the women who wanted to go out and play and we wanted to go play with our kids, Pokemon a summer ago changed some of the gameplay and you had to physically go out into the world with groups of people to do raids. Okay. And a lot of us were home with our kids. It was my first summer home with my kids. And you would take yourself and your two kids out to go play, but you need six to 12 people to raid. And so you would wait for an hour and no one would show up. And then your eight-year-old, it's a thing in Pokemon, (laughs) but then your eight-year-old's like, why didn't we get to do it? Like, and you feel heartbroken. Yeah. But now you need to find 12 people who want to go do the same thing you want to go do at the same time at the same location. Uh, And these other Facebook groups felt very unsafe to me. And so I made it my personal mission to start a local group that was very family friendly and very mom friendly. And now it's a, it's a large group, but a lot of people in that group lurk because they just want to see the postings for the raids. They don't necessarily need to comment. They need to see where you want to be and then they show up. Right. And so people were getting removed from the group. And they're like, why'd you kick me out of the group? I didn't kick you out of the group. Facebook (laughs) kicked you out of the group. I'm sorry. Um, I'll put up a post where everybody can say like something dumb that we can just bury so that you can stay active because a lot of the interaction of that group is seeing the things that are posted, where they're going to be and what time, and then just you show up in the real world. So it's not- I need to check my groups and see what I've been removed from and who's been removed from all of my groups. A lot of people have talked about it. All the groups. (laughs) You'll see people talking about it in other Facebook groups that their group membership has dropped. Um, YouTube just did this too, where they 
went through and cleaned house on inactive accounts and inactive subscribers. So I don't know what their algorithm did. I suspect it had to do if somebody hadn't watched your video in like eight months and they're subscribed to your channel, they removed them because everybody saw their channels take a hit and YouTube had a disclaimer at the top saying you will notice a decrease in subscribers during these dates as we are updating things. So social media makes sense to me. I don't even understand. It's not like it costs them for me to have subscribers, does it? Or it's not like it costs Facebook for me to have people. I think, well, I think right? now, like they're, they're this whole, um, I think that we're going to start seeing companies really trying to encourage like authentic engagement and stuff like that because social media has become so influential, like it's influencing elections, mm -hmm. it's influencing all of these things. And so I think that they are like trying to like build their credibility and their reliability and stuff by saying that, okay, we're going to be more of a watchdog and try to protect the integrity of the internet or something like that. Yeah. And this is one of the ways that we're doing it where, you know, we're going to get rid of people that we think are just but you know what? I don't like the fact that they think that they know better than I do on what yeah. I do. And there are some groups, like for example, my daughter's had twin to twin transfusion syndrome and we lost one of our babies and I am in a TTTS single survivors group. I have not visited that group in probably two years because I haven't needed it. But that doesn't mean that at some point in time, I won't want to go back or I won't want to add somebody to it. And I don't like the Facebook has said, since you haven't been there in two years, you don't need this group anymore. I agree with you. And Nancy, I think you have a very um, optimistic view. I think a lot of this has to do <laughs> no, but with I'm just saying, able I to sell advertising. Uh, no, I've been saying... I think that's the reasoning behind it. That like all these companies, I just saw a headline today about how there's like more pressure now on corporations to kind of be more socially minded and to take more responsibility for uh, for their role in how society yeah. is. I think that's how they spin it. But I right. really think that YouTube wants people to go YouTube red and pay. Uh -huh. um, Facebook uh, wants companies to pay for engagement. Right. Instagram, which is part of Facebook, wants companies to pay for engagement. Right. And people were buying followers. So it is not uncommon to go on Fiverr and other places and pay someone to boost your subscribers. Oh. Um, so people can buy subscribers and you can buy there's there's great youtube videos of people I, buying subscribers and I getting over a hundred thousand in 15 minutes holy I, cow i i turned down i actually turned down a potential client because what she wanted me to do was go through her instagram followers to figure out what their email addresses were and add them to her mailing list i was like oh, oh how no. oh no first of all that's again <laughs> which you cannot do yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all, I'm not doing that. Are you crazy? And I like told her, I was like, you should not do that. And she was like, oh, okay, thank you. I'll just find somebody else to do it. <laughs> and I'm sure she will. And that's a problem too. But people, so the bot, but the bot followers or the bot subscribers don't engage. Right. 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 So right. Facebook right. rather have, or Instagram or YouTube rather have you spend that money on advertising to boost your videos or boost your posts mm -hmm. than to spend that money with somebody else using a computer algorithm that I'm pretty sure violates the terms of use to right. buy subscribers. So I think there's a lot of complexities going on online and it's not a numbers game anymore and genuine engagement matters. And I see that yet I get approached for speaking engagements and then people ask me what my follower numbers are. And you can sometimes see like an eyebrow lift. Right. And it's like, 
my message isn't less valuable because I'm under 10,000 subscribers. Right. Like, what? Especially <laughs> since study after study after study shows that if you have 1,000 truly engaged fans, is better than a million people that never open your emails. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, right. I, I mean, don't know if there's study yeah. after study. I just made that up, but I know that there has been a lot written on There the is idea. a lot of truth to the thousand true fans. Exactly. I mean, we have, we in the right published cell group, we have, um, I don't know how many. Like it's about 1,600, maybe 1,700, 2,000. But it's a very, you know, all the people on the group are yeah. very highly engaged. Right. I mean, you know, it's like, I think people like that, you know, because yep. you go into a bigger group, you know, that's right. 10,000 people, 20,000 people, you're like shouting into the void. And when yeah, we promote so something, not see yeah. a post. when we promote something, it's relevant and people need it and want it. And it's, you know, super, it's successful that way. So yeah. Anyway, boy, we steered way off the MLM. We did, but we, well, <laughs> the MLM's business, I think right. there's a lot that's going to happen with this LuLaRose yeah. lawsuit. And so one of the, one of the things that I wanted to ask is, you know, if, if you're thinking about doing an MLM, like what are the questions that you should be asking? Like, how do you know, you know, how do you get the information that you need to make an informed decision about whether or not this is a good um, business investment? So MLMs that are part of the um, direct selling association, the DSA, um, are all required to post their earning numbers. So you're allowed to get information on how much the average consultant makes at the average level. Um, and generally your consultant will tell you or your upline will say, oh, but those numbers are low. Um, <laughs> ask whoever is trying to bring you into this company, ask them a lot of questions and go up the chain and ask questions, but also go online and see what good and bad people are saying understand that yes people do hate mlms and there will be some hate yeah. but if you're seeing a lot of former sellers with the same types of complaints that they're not supported they can't return product those are bigger red flags than somebody saying this didn't work because right. you have to understand if somebody's telling you you're going to make a hundred thousand plus a month and you're going to work for five hours a month that that's <laughs> horse shit <laughs> Direct sales are a lot of work. Yes, they are. You need to understand what the compensation plan looks like. Where I see people struggling is they do really well initially, and then the compensation plan will be a breakaway compensation plan where if you promote people under you, they break into their own line and they no longer count for your numbers. So the better you do, the harder it gets mm -hmm. because then the people that, you're, that are coming up under you break off of your chain. And you also need to understand if your numbers set back to zero each month with which yes. most MLMs do, yes. you need to understand what that actually means as a yes. business model, that every month you're back at zero and how that affects your revenue and how that affects your income. And if that drops you into a lower tier mm -hmm. of, um, of profits, because if you drop from tier to tier month to month, you can drop in profit. You also need to understand how you get paid and how product is shipped and and if you like it or not, but look for companies that have been in business with a solid track record. I mean, eight years is my kind of minimum. Um, companies like Pampered Chef have been in business 
you know forever forever <laughs> same, same with stuff like a arbon avon Tupperware. Um, you know you've got a lot of companies that have been in business for quite a long time and you can look at their track record brand new companies i'm not saying don't but a brand new company is a riskier investment and know that it is investment in a business that is at risk mm-hmm. and understand that going in that you need to put in the amount of money you're comfortable with never getting back right. and if you're not willing to make that investment like any new business if you were to start a brand new brick and mortar bakery, you need to know that you might never make that money back and you right. need to be okay taking the risk on yourself. Yeah. And I think you should, if you have the money and believe in it, um, it's going on with CBD oil right now. The MLMs in CBD oil are new, um, but people who love the product and are willing to take that risk need to understand that it is a risky investment. Right. Right. So, um, so. It- in um in your Instagram lives and stuff and in your business in general, you talk a lot about taking the legal steps needed to protect your business and stuff. So when you're in direct marketing or you're in MLM, how much how is that like really like your own business? If like what you know, what kind of legal steps do you take? If it's like not like a business that you started but a business that you bought into or something like that. Like an so, MLM you've got to treat an MLM like a franchise and you have to look at it as if you're buying a subway location or a McDonald's location. You are buying a franchise essentially of this business. So you're signing an agreement and you get to use their product and sell them. You get paid on a like independent contractor commission and you get to use their intellectual property. You get to use their name in certain ways. You get to advertise in certain ways, but you need to understand the rules of what you're allowed to do. Some MLMs will let you hold your, um, your business in a corporate structure. So you can be an LLC and run your MLM business under that business entity, which if you have multiple businesses is preferable to run your MLM to the side of anything else you do for liability reasons. So if your MLM business tanks and you need to let it go bankrupt, it doesn't affect the revenue from your consulting business. Or you know, if you're a personal trainer that also MLMs some kind of protein shake, keep those separate so that the revenues are separate so that one business going down doesn't take the other business down. So you've got to look at them as separate properties and treat them like separate properties. If you are just running an MLM on the side, you still need to follow proper business practices or you're not going to get the tax benefits of having an at-home business. My first year in an MLM, my husband worked for himself. I worked for the district attorney's office. My first year in MLM, swung my tax burden about $9,000. So there are really, really valid benefits to running an at-home business, especially if you and your spouse are both employees with a W-2. There are tax reasons why this might be a great thing, but you have to set your business up properly to benefit from those tax reasons. And that can be stuff like the inventory you buy to demo Mm -hmm. and maybe use on your family to try might be able to be written off. Your inventory can be written off. Your expenses into your business. And this can be personal development. So if you enjoy going to Tony Robbins stuff, that now becomes a business expense. Part of your cell phone becomes a business expense. Part of your internet becomes a business expense. So you get to take advantage of having your own business without a huge investment if you are joining an MLM like Alexa talked about where it's an initial $50 investment and then you aren't required by the company to invest anymore. Any additional investment is your own choosing, but you can still write off your cell phone if you're using it for work, or at least part of it. Same with your internet. 
Same with a home office if you have a proper home office set up. But you have to have a separate bank account to do that. And you have to actually run your business like it's a freaking business. <laughs> oh, I, could, I could write off mileage to parties. I could write off yes. yes. And I actually, if I purchased goods um, for, for the purpose of my parties or for the purpose of sharing with people or samples or anything, all of that was, was write off. Yep. And, and what I love is the, the first year those might be write-offs, but then, and I was talking about this the other day, cause I'm running a, a mini, a mini course on how to run a business, mm-hmm. but write-offs versus, versus business expenses. Once your business starts making a profit, those become business expenses. And that's actually, in my opinion, even better than write-offs because you get a hundred percent of your dollar. I'm going to nerd really hard. You guys, I'm sorry, but taxes come out and then deductions come after that business expenses, taxes haven't come out yet. So it's a hundred percent of your dollar. And um, that's a really powerful way to use your money. So there's a lot of options and people in MLMs, if you need your kid to help you on your Facebook live, you can pay your kid from your business. Your business can pay your kid and that's a deduction on your business end. Mm -hmm. And that's a profit to your kid instead of paying them just an allowance. So there are really, there are ways for families to use this business model to benefit their family. But you have to do the work. You can't just right. sign up as a consultant, buy stuff to use for yourself, and then want to deduct all your business expenses or use them as business expenses. You actually have to be working the business to do right. that. Right. But if your first year is a loss because you're setting up your business, that can really swing your tax yeah. burden. So I know it's, it's helped us in the past for sure yes. with all of my businesses stuff to my businesses because they're multiple. They're multiple. <laughs> and they're multiple. Say the first two years, there was a lot of loss, but that's normal. That's normal as you're investing in yourself and growing. I mean, that's why so many restaurants fail. I think that's people so forget. Fail. I think people yeah. forget that an average business is not profitable for five years. Right. And yeah. I think part of that is social media because you see entrepreneurs, and I will not name names, but you see entrepreneurs going, you know, I made seven figures in my business in 60 days. Right. That's not the average. And that's probably not, yes, they might've made that in 60 days, but how much work did they do before that? And how much did they spend to make that money? That's the thing they never shared. Did they spend 900,000 to make 760,000? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just telling my sister the other day, like there's this whole myth of the overnight success mm-hmm. and like there's no such thing you yeah. know that you know people either making misleading statements like that I made x amount of money in two days or what you're not seeing like all the work that they put into it to get to the point where they can make that kind of money in two days yeah you see this with like big launches and it's like oh you know my first launch of my new course i made you know xyz in sales right but you spent 98% of that in facebook ads right <laughs> so really your margins we know this <laughs> and that's a crap margin so yes it can be very misleading but you get you can get wrapped up i get wrapped up it happens to me you can get caught up in this like everybody's more successful and if it didn't work in three weeks i'm a failure and you're not the average business is not profitable for five years and it's whether you start an mlm or whether you start an online business any kind of business you start you have to go in knowing that there is some aspect of grind that is going to have to happen it's not always fun you aren't always profitable But if you run your business the right way and are offering something people want, it will grow, but it takes time. Yes. It does. And effort. Like you really have to put your back into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it does. It there's no. Uh, I mean, even even people say, "Oh, well, the Kardashians get paid for doing nothing." You know what? Kim they was on a sex a tape pissing on somebody. Right. Like that's not for nothing. That is how that kicked <laughs> off. Are you willing to be on a sex tape peeing on someone? I did not realize there was scat involved with her things. <laughs> oh yeah, I never watched them. So. Yeah, don't watch the Ray J sex tape. I still believe this is this is pure Emily speculation. I still believe her mom released that sex tape because Kim at the time was styling like Paris Hilton and reality TV was just starting to come into play. And she was on the out. She went to a prestigious private girls high school here in LA with a lot of these celebrities, kids, and they very much ran in those circles. And Kim wasn't really getting the attention that others were until Mm. that sex tape hit. Mm. The second that sex tape hit, they put their names on the map as a family. And so even though people are like, the Kardashians get paid to sit around and do nothing, they don't. They get paid to basically give birth on live television right. and expose right. their lives and lady parts. Right. Like that's what they're getting paid for. Right. Um, and you can do it too. Right. If you want to do that, you can do it. But you have to know that there is a cost involved. It's, you know, work exposure, whatever it is. So yeah. But nobody's truly an overnight success. And, you know, it's, it's funny. And um, I'm currently recording all the interviews for the upcoming Women in Publishing Summit. And we've been talking a lot about this idea of selling your book, which is selling a product. So it's all related. It's business, you know, all this stuff. How little people understand how much work it takes and how I see time after time people come in. They've written a fantastic book they think because it's on amazon they are going to just be an overnight success and they really really are surprised by how much work it takes to sell this freaking book and it really does with with all of it it takes work but consistency continuing to move forward continuing to do the right thing it's with all of it even with an established mlm even with the pampered chef like they gave me everything i needed they had an established name. They have a high quality product that people know and love. I still had to find the parties. I still had to show up and I still had to convince people why they wanted to spend $60 on a pot instead of $5 at Walmart. You know, that $5 pot will give you cancer people. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Just kidding. You're not allowed to say that in advertising. No, you can't say that. You know, so so there. Google it. it. It's it's, it is work. It's always work, but you can find great success, and there are lots of people who do it every single day. And there are lots of ways to find great success, but what you just touched on, and I think the point that we're getting to is you still have to build your audience. No matter what kind of business you have, you have to build the people that you're talking to. And if you're doing it well, it just takes time. And social media is acknowledging if you're building a true audience that engages, your audience isn't going to go anywhere. If you're buying followers, they're just going to turn around and take them away from you because they want you to spend that money with them. Um, I think that's where a lot of women run into trouble. They feel like, oh, I'm just going to sell this stuff to my friends, but you know, you your can't. Ain't gonna buy it. <laughs> yeah. so you know, also, like you can't. Like your friends. Like that's a limited. You know, it is a limited market. My yeah. friends in my community, like the the moms I see regularly. I have a fifth grader, so these are people I've seen since preschool. Right. The the friends I've had since high school. I live one town over from where I grew up. So the friends I've had in my life still don't know what I do don't understand my business, do not follow me on social, and are not engaged. They're also not my ideal customer. But people are like, wait, you're where? Wait, with who? And I'm like, 
no, I was on, you know, XYZ podcast. Oh, podcasts are still a thing. It's like, look, <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm telling you when we, when we published lose the cape, I just assumed all of my friends because I am in nope. a mom's group, you know, I'm with all these moms all the time. All my kids, have ki- all my friends have kids in the same age. I'm like, we're going to sell hundreds of copies of our book. launch people in your life don't give a shit people bought the book and they weren't my friends (laughs) i got a message on social as i'm running as i'm running the um my get legit course i got a dm because i asked people to dm me on instagram because i actually love answering dms i love connecting with people i love supporting people it makes me super happy so i got a dm um from this lovely woman and she's like i'm totally fangirling that you answered (laughs) <laughs> and so I shot it off to one of my friends. I'm like, look, I'm like, people are fangirling. I'm kind of excited. Like, it's it's really fun to be able to surprise people when they don't think it's going to be you answering your own social, which yeah. shocks me because my social is not huge. Um, by the way, the Emily D. Baker on Instagram, if you want to DM me, I will answer. Yeah. Um, you will answer. And if I you, will answer. It will be and me. if you watch her live, she actually reads the comments and will address <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, if you want some entertainment, watch Emily. I still am laughing about the day that you were um, talking about your new uh, eye something like your, it's, I do use the Amazon stuff, so I don't know what the names are, but the, the music thingy, and you couldn't get it to turn, it kept turning on your rap music, and you couldn't get yes. it. <laughs> yes, my HomePod wouldn't listen to me. It still doesn't always listen to me. It listens to my kids, but it doesn't always listen to me. They're, my they're entertaining. <laughs> So look, okay. of all of the virtual assistants, Siri is the sassiest and doesn't always want to listen is. to you. Alexa's like, has, yes, master. We have a home pod. We have a home pod. And the other day, the kids were like trying to tell Siri a yo mama joke. And Siri goes, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Siri's not having any. I ain't your mama. Siri's having none of it. Siri is the sassiest. Like Alexa's the most compliant um, you know, right. Google is somewhere in between. Not Alexa, the co-host. Right. Not yes. Not Alexa, and somebody, Alexa. somebody's Alexa is going nuts right now because the all of the mine is. I just had to put mine on Do Not Disturb because it's like <laughs> it's trying to talk back, and I'm like, look, girl, sit down. The games on Alexa, my kids love though. The games on Alexa are better than the games, the interactive games on Siri. Continue. That was not the point. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're all over. I, mean, I, I can... had a point. Oh, but the people in your life, like I was texting my friends, like, oh my God, people are actually excited that I answer my own social. And it's really fun as my social is growing to interact with people that um, have either seen me speak at places, but we haven't really met in real life and that are excited to be a part of my kind of online tribe. And my real life friends are like, yeah, I don't care. Like, it's just so anti They don't get it. They're like, no. I don't know. They're like, I've seen you posting on Facebook all day long. You don't really work. Yes. <laughs> They're like, yeah, what's a virtual assistant? I'm like, <laughs> wait, people it's do like, you? Yeah, I'm an assistant, but I do it at home. Like, it's like, what do you do? I'm like, I know. What does any office assistant do? Like, why is it so hard for you to like wrap your head around? Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy to me. I my mom still is like, I don't understand why anyone would interview you. I don't understand why people pay you. I don't understand how people pay you. I think my mom thinks I'm a cam girl. Like I I really she has no idea what I do. And I want to be like, Mom, I'm a big deal. 
I want it all my company. My mother, I need to talk a little. My mother said to me last week, she was like, wait, so people pay you? Yeah, people pay you. What do they pay you for? I'm like, well, I used to work for an employer that paid me for knowing things. And now I just go directly to my people and they my pay mom. me for things. And it's way more fun. Yeah. yeah. And oh I don't God. have a boss that controls like where I go or how I drive. Right, right, right. Mom. Exactly. It's so much better. Yes. My mom, she won't even buy any of the books. She'll come over and she'll be like, oh, I see you published a new book. Can I borrow it? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the support? <laughs> mom, you're supposed to be buying 10. Right, exactly. Well, that was the dream, right? That my mom and my best friends and all my family members were going to at least all buy like 10 to 15 of them because they were going to give everything that I bought, that I wrote to everyone that they know. No, doesn't no one cares. that way. Y'all, we're going to have to break this into two episodes. This was so much. <laughs> I, know. I know. All right. Uh, okay. Before we wrap up though, seriously though, we do have a lot of women in our audience who are running their own or starting or thinking about starting their own businesses, whether it's an MLM or a service-based business or whatever. I know you run multiple courses. You have stuff out there to help. You have business in a box tools for the legal stuff that they need. Just what? Tell us all the things or where they can go to find all the things. Yes. Ladies, I've got you. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Emily D Baker. Um, I answer all my own Instagram. I'll tell you what I've got going on. I love giving tips and advice and I do a lot of free. <laughs> and then my website's emilydbaker.com. So find me. I'm there. You can always email me at hello at emilydbaker.com if you have a specific question and I can point you in the right direction for the easiest way to get that handled. But I've got a lot of resources. I love helping entrepreneurs at the starting and scaling their business stage because let's be real. If you're Amy Porterfield, you can afford a law firm. Right. You don't need me. And okay. that's fine. I mean, I know all the things and could help you with your business, but I really gear towards starting and scaling the entrepreneurs who might not necessarily pause and take the time to invest in building their business the right way. Right. I help you cover your own ass before you think you need to. Yes. It so is so important because you run into legal issues in business sooner than you thought that you would. Even if it's just somebody sending you a cease and desist about a photo on your blog, you need somewhere to turn. I am here for all of it. Or say you do a whole bunch of work for somebody and they pay you through PayPal and then they decide they don't like you anymore. So they tell PayPal they never yeah. received their services and PayPal refunds them all their money and you are left with nothing. Yeah, that <laughs> that happens you, to some people sometimes. <laughs> and Emily D. Baker knows how to get on them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The rescue. Like so traumatizing. I mean, ugh. There's a lot of crappy things that happen to you when you run your own business, to yeah. be honest. But there's, I mean, it, it, and I would say they could be a lot crappier if you're not well protected. But if you've done right. the things that you need to do and, and set up things and, and made sure that nobody can come take away your house because yeah. you messed up on something that you did for them. I mean, to me, that's the most important thing that everybody should do is separate. You need to protect. Yes, you yeah. need to protect your, your personal from your business because your business is the sacrificial lamb. Like if stuff goes south and you have a huge massive lawsuit about something which is unlikely but if it happens you need to be able to cut the head off your business and just be like take it yep take it yep i i can't fight this take it i'm done and have it not affect your personal 
Yeah. Well, and just, um, I would say little things like ha having somebody to turn to, to ask a question, because a lot of times we're such a litigious society, Oh that, God! you know, people will constantly like throw out, I'm going to contact my lawyer. Or I'm going to just having somebody who can say, okay, let's get real. They live in Ohio. You're in South Carolina for them to do this. They have to fly to South Carolina and do, you know, whatever, meet you in your court that, you know, just to have somebody to be like, and this, these are the kinds of questions Emily answers on my calls. I'm like, um, but they only have to fly to South Carolina if your website is set up properly so that you have a jurisdiction clause that makes them come sue you where you live. Otherwise, they can sue you where they live. You have to have, you. Oh, you have, to have a jurisdiction clause. That is the is only that on way. the terms and conditions? It's in your terms and conditions for your website, and it mm. can and should be in your client agreements because okay. if not, they can sue you where they live. So you have jurisdiction. Okay, okay. Wow, we're going to nerd. They, you have legal jurisdiction <laughs> wherever any part of the transaction occurred. So if they live in California and you live in Maryland, they can sue you in California and you have to show up and deal with it. Yeah. You want it to be like, hey, if you work with me under my contract, you have to come to where I'm at <coughs> if you want to have issue with me. Okay, and cool. then yes. So I I'm always here. put, I always <laughs> put, will be governed under the laws of South Carolina or whatever that little phrase in. And yep, we've got I it. Never really knew why. I never knew. I mean, I just assumed that that was just like normal legalese. I didn't realize that without that, it wouldn't be that. It, without that, it wouldn't be that. It could, your jurisdiction could be anywhere. And so it's funny because at the beginning of Legally Blonde, they make all these jokes about jurisdiction. It's like, did subject jurisdiction exist in this case and blah, 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 blah. And jurisdiction is something that's so legal and so specific, but it can really, really mess you up if you're not protected on it. And I've seen some very large entrepreneurs because I stalk. Like I will lurk on your lawyer and see what's on your website terms and conditions. I've seen some very large entrepreneurs that do not have this in their website terms and conditions. Wow. And it will eventually come back to bite them in the ass because we do live in a litigious society and I'm seeing it more and more with smaller businesses. Somebody saying, take down your Facebook group. It's using my name. It's like, well, right. I was using this first or right. take these pictures down off your website. They're the same pictures I used. Bitch, they're from Unsplash. We all get to <laughs> right. use them. Right. <laughs> but those letters still scare you. And this, yes. going back to us, you know, women want and try very hard to make things okay. Mm -hmm. We try to make things okay for our kids. Like it hurts our hearts when they're crying and you want to pick them up and hug them and be like, it's going to be okay. I've got you. And we want to do this with our friends and in society. And some of us do this very much to our own detriment where it's like, I'd rather make you feel okay. And then I'll deal with my own feelings later. And so when you get these like nasty letters, you're like, I just want to make it okay. Yeah. No, it's your business. Stand and fight. Right. I don't want to make it okay for you. This right. is my business. I'm the CEO, bitches. Right. I'm exactly. going to make it okay for me. But it's <laughs> hard to stand up and do that. Yeah. I, um, I had a client say that, you know, because I did send out agreements to most of my clients. Alexa and I have a separate thing. My other clients, <laughs> I, like, send out agreements that say, like, this is what I'm going to be doing for you. This is how much you're you know, paying me, et cetera, et cetera. This is what I need from you in order to do my job, all of this stuff. And I send it with hello sign. And I had a client be like, I don't need to sign this. Um, <laughs> then you don't need to be because, working with me. Uh, yeah, she, because you're an independent contractor. And so this, I agree to everything. And then you could just use this email as like confirmation. Of what? My, I was like, what? No. no, though in some situations an email confirmation could work it's not ideal um sign it and if you don't like my terms don't work with me 
Yeah. I mean, I see I, this is one of those things of the scarcity thing and we get scared. We're like, if we turn down this client, then we're going to starve because we're not going to bring in enough money. And we're I'm not actually gonna, trying to like know. get rid of this client. Well, perfect. You know, but then I really thought that by raising my rate, she would be like, hell no, I'm not paying you anymore. But she was like, fine. With that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know shit. <laughs> It's really funny what we <laughs> what we accept. And if something feels wrong, and all of us have done this, when you've got this client and you're like, this isn't a perfect fit, but I can just do it. Yeah. It'll be fine. It, it never, never goes well. So, Nancy and I have this conversation over and over and over. I'll be like, I just had an intake call with somebody. I think I'm seeing the red flags. And she's like, you know what happens when you ignore those, you know? And I mean, cause every time, every time Nancy, we're like, okay, this will just be an easy one. We can just do this. It'll be quick and it never ends. I'm like, no, you say that every single time. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> the universe is going to keep sending you the same person until you learn to say until no. Because when you, when you bring in the wrong client, <laughs> when you bring in the wrong client, you don't make room for the right clients. That's exactly right. You're saying no to the right clients by saying yes to the bad clients. Exactly. Write that down, people. Instagram that shit. You're saying no to the right clients by saying yes to the wrong clients. <sighs> yes, my mantra this Hashtag week is, that. Exactly. My mantra this week is, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Hashtag that shit too. <laughs> Hashtag that shit too. That's gonna be my hashtag. Hashtag that shit. Hashtag that shit too. <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. See why uh, I just love you and miss you so much. You need to be back in my life. I had a lot of fun hanging out with you. In the I had fun hanging out with you too. I know we had great bathroom conversations. Hey, that's the point of being in a retreat with all women. Bathroom about this place. It's like a lounge by itself. It was a lounge. It was legitimately like a lounge. <laughs> nice. Very it nice. Was, was All great. right, Emily, before we close up, what do you, what's next on your, um, what's next on the plate? What's next and big and coming? Or do you have anything? Or is it all just ongoing? Or what's <laughs> Or do you have anything? I have <laughs> a lot coming. Um, I have been doing a lot of visibility stuff in my business. So the first part of my year is building in more of the things people have been asking me for because I've been so busy with client work that I haven't built out all of the templates I want to make available for people because they are a lower cost than my custom work. So there are more templates. My membership community has been growing because if you need legal frequently, it's easier to just to pay, be in my membership, get all the questions answered than to like pay per call. Um, and then we're in the works on a podcast for later oh, really? in the year to talk about the legal stuff and to do a little bit of the legal gossip stuff. Um, so there's, I love spilling the tea on the legal stuff. Um, yes, you do. You're so I love the gossip. It. So there's going to be some I, mean, of that I just coming. like, was, every time you say that you're going to do a live about a case, I'm like, I'm going to be there. I like schedule it. I love love it. And there's going to be one coming next week about the Fenty Beauty lawsuits that are going on right now. I'm so about it. I'm not done with my research on it, but this Rihanna suing her dad over her business. It's also her last name and people are calling her horrible things for protecting her company. I'm like, you would never do this to a man who was protecting his empire, but she is a woman. And all of you are like, she should just roll over and be cool with it. And her dad's being shady as hell. Wow. 
Okay, well, this this will have already happened by the time by the time this goes out. So make sure you go to the Emily D Baker and go find this. Um, yes, it'll be a blog post yeah. too. Okay, it'll be a blog post too. So Wait, so how how um how much of a heads up do you give people when you're gonna go live with something with something? Like I have been doing so. Instagram has a new countdown feature. Oh, cool. So I- using the new countdown feature because if you see a countdown that something's happening and you tap on it it'll send you a reminder oh, so i've been using so the new cool. countdown feature. Oh, i forgot to do it this morning i'm going Alexa to pick up her phone she's uh, like <laughs> there's a new countdown feature in instagram stories that will allow you to count down facebook's starting to do this too for countdowns for lives so that, yes it's if, very cool that's true too but i was going straight over because if i don't um if I don't go to Emily's page right now and see if I can find this countdown thing or remind there isn't one up at the moment. There will be a countdown up in when I get off of this interview because <laughs> no, there's Fenty's not coming up today. Today we're talking about something different, but the Fenty suit. <laughs> I'm still running my Get Legit um, Business Foundations mini course live right now. Yes, but by the time emails. this airs, that stuff will be up on emilydbaker.com, awesome. which is where you can find everything you need from me, or just DM me on Instagram. And be like, girl, you said slide into the DMs. Here I am. I'll be like, yes, friend. Come on in. Let's chat. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, let her know that you heard about her from the Lose the Cape podcast so that when she is like, you know, rolling, uh, we can go back to her and say, yeah, we'd love to you to sponsor us. <laughs> also, no, always be working. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. We don't, we, well. I mean, we'd never say no to money. Who would? <laughs> when it's the wrong money, you say no. It's all this right. This is true. This is true. This is the lesson that I'm learning. Anyway, this has been so much fun. We've covered so much ground. I don't know how I'm going to break this up because it can't just be one episode. We've been talking almost two hours. We've been talking what? an hour and a half, an hour and a half, a solid hour and a half. Yeah, I know. And, and we could have kept going. Like, we'll do this again. We'll do this again with wine. And we'll yes, do a fire, we'll do a fireside chat. Oh, that sounds awesome! <laughs> I, I think it's a great, great. I mean, shoot, we talked about at least six great, great topics today. So, awesome! Have fun with the show notes, Nancy. <laughs> Seven hundred page blog post on the. <laughs> two, I think two is right. So, thank you for tuning into part two of the. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. All right, ladies. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>